0: But to start with, I have um, um, James Hannan on the line and I'm just going to press the button here and say hello to James. Hello, James. Hello. how are you? <laughs> Turn on the button as well. James, I'm not too bad. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm here on my uh, lunch break at school. At
0: school? What school are you in?
1: Uh, I'm the I'm sixth-class teacher in Summerhill uh, Primary School in Drum in Athlone.
0: All oh, right, yes, that's a new school. It's only open, what, about a year?
1: Yeah, you no, a... it's, no, no, no! It's um, it's uh, the primary school which has been here. Before, it's been here a long, long time. I don't even know what what the year is. Was founded? It's older
0: than you, then, is it?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: <laughs> James, uh, I'm delighted to have you on the program, and I'm delighted you could take this time out with me. You are the author of the uh, the book, um, the thrilling adventures of an extremely boring boy.
1: Yes, that's right. My first book
0: your first book I thought you had a book before that I i made a mistake there but it all um, centres around a village or a townland called crack.
1: that's right yeah it's so a tell it's us a, a little. it's a fictional story of it's a, a sci-fi fantasy adventure uh, novel for children from like it was kids from about eight to 12 and that's what it, it's I came up with the title first and then I was thinking a thrilling adventure but he's a boring boy so what would that look like so I was like uh, thinking I'd come up with a town and I called it Ballinacrack. It's in the middle of Ireland and it just happens to be the adventure capital of the world. And the main character, Barry, is not very happy about that. So he just wants to be normal, you see. So that's right. why he's boring. Everyone thinks he's boring because he just wants to be normal, but he just happens to live in Ballinacrack. So there's adventure around the corner every day. So it's much, much to his annoyance.
0: And does he get involved in the adventures?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the whole thing is, is um, what happens is everyone in his town disappears. So this is kind of the, the hook of the story, you know. Everyone in his town disappears, and he's the only one left. And he loves it for a while because, you know, everyone in his town, is are all superheroes and things like that. So it kind of annoys him when he just wants to be normal. So when they're gone, he's delighted to have time to himself. But after a while, he realizes, hmm, maybe something's going on. I need to try and get everyone back. So he reluctantly, very reluctantly goes on an adventure then
0: and how does that, and without telling us about the book is the adventure in Mighty Adventures a long lasting adventure for him
1: yeah well he, he has to go through you see in what makes the town uh, of Balna Crack special and why it is the adventure capital of the world is there's like a interdimensional portal in the middle of the town and there's always like monsters and things coming out of that so the superheroes will fight them whereas this time he has to go into the portal and go to loads of different dimensions so he ends up going to places where there's vampires and witches he goes to places where there is robots and androids and underwater kingdoms there's like loads of different adventures he goes on once he goes through the portal
0: and does bum um i was going to say um the townland um does that exist to uh, crack
1: no it's it's uh, completely fictional i made it up completely i would say it's it would be it would be somewhere in the midlands in ireland like no particular spot it kind of, I would say, it's a place that's magical and it moves around. You'll you'll never really be able to find it. It's
0: not out there really in Coosin?
1: It's not based on... I'm from Coosin, but it's not it's not really in Coosin. You won't find it. Maybe sometimes. Sometimes you'll find it in Coosin.
2: Maybe you'll, be you'll find
1: in... it in Dysart or sometimes you'll find it near Banlas Yeah, It could be anywhere. It could be anywhere.
0: And the book is aimed at uh, what age group?
1: Uh, eight to 12. So somewhat, a child that's between second class and sixth class in, in primary school. Right.
0: And... Th- I've never written a book so tell me you get an idea and as you yeah, said yeah so yeah tell yeah, me it, how it happens. yeah
1: so for me uh, usually I will come up with a story and then find it very difficult to come up with a title but for this particular one I came up with the title first I thought it was funny I thought it was interesting and then I built the world from there and the main character from there but um, it took me about four weeks to write the first draft um, but then it took more than a year from there because there's loads of different things I have to go into it. For example, I had to edit it. Then I had to get an illustrator, um, brilliant illustrator, Fiona Morin. And she lives in Athlone as well. Um, she did great pictures for the book. So we had to come up with ideas of what the kind of pictures I wanted, what kind of illustrations, what was the style going to be. Then she had to work hard on uh, bringing that to life. And then I uh, start work, started working with a professional editor uh, her name is Liz Hudson. She has a website called The Little Red Pen, and she was brilliant. Um, now it's her, it's her job to look through books, see what's not working, so she helped me develop the story and uh, like tighten it up, make it even better. Um, so that that process takes a while, you know. So I didn't think it would take as long myself. Like I thought, once I had that first draft, I'd share it with a few friends, see what they thought of it, then edit it from there. But um, really getting the professional help from from Liz, that was what really took the book to the next level. Made it, made it, like, to be honest, it made it way better getting her advice and her uh, critiques. Yeah,
0: you know? her expertise, I suppose, as well.
1: Exactly, yeah, completely. And then, like, <clears throat> before releasing the book, I had to make sure it was uh, correctly formatted and that I would be able to, you see, I wanted to release it as, like, a physical book and that people that have, like, e readers, like a Kindle, would be able to read it too. So, like, getting it. Um, properly digitally formatted as well that took a bit of time too
0: Okay I didn't realise it would take that long I thought you know, you'd write your story and maybe check through the spelling mistakes and um, yeah. just put it into yeah, a cover it, it was
1: a learning, it was a learning <clears throat> process for me Yeah, like, that's what I, I would have thought the same before I undertook the project but you know um, I learned a lot and I'm already, I've already um, finished the first draft of the second book and I hope that I'll be able to release that next year um, because it's a series it's actually going to be a five part series that's my plan anyway um, and I think me, myself and Fiona because this is the, uh, the the illustrator Fiona Moran this is her first book to illustrate um, like she does lots of like cards and things you can find her on on Instagram you'll see great pictures that she's done but she um Myself and herself will work way quicker. I think this time because we know what we're doing now.
0: Yeah, and and you kind of, I suppose, build up um, a, a working relationship.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, we know how each other work. Well, no, we know how we work now. She knows how what way I want things. Because sometimes the hard part is like getting bringing to life what I the vision that I have of of the story in my head, and like she would have her own vision, and then trying to meet in the middle so that it's something we're both happy with. You
0: know? Yeah, and, and sometimes the hardest part is explaining. Um, explaining um, them you know what you want and what the other person wants as well. That sometimes takes a lot of yes, doing.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, that, you're right. You're right. And sometimes, um, like Liz would would have the the editor. She would have told me that I didn't describe um, like a character. Like I needed to to kind of give the description of the character a little bit more. And that that actually when when I started doing that more, that helps Fiona too because then. I would have had the character description there for her. You know?
0: And I get what you're saying because again, sometimes on radio, um, I can be talking to with an artist or chatting with an artist and I know what their work is, but the person listening in doesn't. So yeah. we have to get across the description of what we're talking about, not just carry on talking. Yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. I I understand that. And that's a, a that's probably where a reporter writing uh, the story of an event has to write what we could visualize when we read it. We have to be able to visualize what we're reading. Mm.
1: Yeah, and that's a skill. That's a skill that, like, I really, I definitely developed that skill over the course of um, editing the book. Uh, and like, like you said, you're, you're right. I, I think um, for me, writing fiction is a lot easier than, like, let's say, uh, a newspaper reporter or something mm. like that. That style of writing I find <clears> more <throat> difficult because I like I like living in the the realm of imagination and fantasy and stuff like that.
0: That's because you're an artist.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, and I also like I when I like I writing isn't kind of the only art that I'm interested in. Like when I was a bit younger, when I remember me and my friends, we made a. Uh, a music we made a song and a music video for like you remember when uh, Ireland would get into like the Euros and World Cups and stuff there'd always be a song for it yeah. we actually we actually wrote one ourselves back in 2016 for the Euros and we made like a, a YouTube video for it and everything so like being creative is something that I love to do But like, uh, and I think writing is definitely my passion in creativity but I'll do anything like, even as a child I loved drawing and, and art and stuff like that but I found I always find that. I don't know if you would agree with this, that um, a a person who really loves, like, any kind of creative endeavour, if they love the process of it, they can be successful. Like, a lot of people might want to be a great artist or a great musician, but if they don't love actually playing the music and going through the motions of it, then they'll never make it, you know? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And and you have to be, um, I suppose, you have to have a vision and... You have to be able to work towards that vision, but enjoy the working towards that vision.
1: Yeah, it's the process. You the, have to enjoy the process.
0: It, yes. And just tell me the name of the video.
1: <coughs> oh, it, it, was, it was called Dare to John O'Shea. It was about the Irish defender John O'Shea. Um, it's, uh, it's just a bit, of, it's, it's kind of a humorous um, video, but that was like the first thing that I did that kind of a lot of people would have seen. It got about 30,000 views on YouTube. And it was kind of gratifying to see that, like, people liked it, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and you did uh, right. I'm going to look that up this evening. you can, you've already <laughs> yeah. guessed that bit. do. Do
1: <laughs> see what you think.
0: Yeah, no, no, I'm looking forward to looking it up. There to John O'Shea. Yeah,
1: that's uh, the one.
0: It's a YouTube video. So any
1: football fan Any any soccer fans would like that one.
0: Yeah, and uh, you and your friends. How many of your friends were in it?
1: So me and one other <coughs> friend, we wrote the song and a few loads we had about I think nearly 10 of us in the video that came to help help out
0: Okay, okay. so I looked that up the statement and you said you enjoy doing art as well
1: Yeah well uh, obviously being a teacher I get to do loads and loads of art um, with my class and stuff Um, I teach sixth class so it would be the most in secondary uh, sorry in primary school it would be kind of the most detailed stuff and what what I really like about being a teacher is I can bring that creativity into the classroom, because like if I come up with an idea for something in art or in arts that I like, I can bring that to the classroom and get the class to do it. I can give them the example, so I kind of I kind of get the the creative juices flowing in school as well, you know.
0: So the way you're living you're living your life through art through creativity, and you're lucky enough to be able to do that as a day job as well.
1: Yeah, I think. Um, like, I would love to be a full-time professional author, but if, uh, if writing only ever stayed as my hobby, it's my favourite hobby, and I already love the job of a teacher as well, you know? So I am very lucky that way.
0: And th- can you tell us anything about the new book that you have drafted? Um,
1: well, That'll obviously, take a I, can't year. <laughs> I can't say too much. I can't say too much, because I wouldn't want to spoil what happened. No, no in the, in the first but, yeah. book. But the first book, is the main character is Barry Dunphy and he's an extremely boring boy. Which you have to remember, he's only extremely boring to the people who live in Ballinac Crack because they're all superheroes and adventurers. So to, to us, you just say he's a normal boy. But for them, he's extremely boring. Um, in the second book, it's, uh, the name of the second book, it's quite a mouthful. It's uh, an incredibly daring heist brought to you by a 10-year-old criminal mastermind. And the 10-year-old criminal mastermind is a girl named Searsha. And she is, wants to steal something from Balonacrack, So she's actually going to be coming up against Barry in the second book. Ooh. So Barry is going to be the antagonist. He's not going to be... Searsha will be our hero and Barry will be up against her. Now, this one, the second book is more... It, it, it's not like good versus evil, because both of them want, uh, are, are in it for noble reasons. Saoirse, because um, she doesn't think that Balanacrac should be an exclusive place just for superheroes. She thinks it should be for everyone, and so which is is I think is a noble cause. But yeah. Barry just wants to help out his own town and, and um, Keep it stop as it the is. the damage that Thirsk is causing. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one I think for for children to read to think about who whose side will they be on? You know?
0: Yes, and I suppose yes, you're right. There, it opens up uh, thinking. It um, asks you to think about right and wrong, or who's right and who's yeah, wrong. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly, and, and- it, it, I'd say it, it, that book could have you could have kids debating on who was right which I which I will find interesting I, what's what's lucky for me though is teaching sixth class I have the first draft finished and I'm going to go through it try and fix it up a little bit more but the second draft I'm going to give to some of my students the students that I know love reading and I'm going to get their feedback early feedback from them which I did, actually did that last year with my class too with the, with the first book so I had already gotten uh, feedback from basically my target market last year,
0: and they got to read the book before it went on went on, on on the market. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um. So, when do you think the next the, the new book will be out next year?
1: Um, I would say next next year in March. I would I would guess. Um, hope it, all things going well. That's when that's when it would be out. Um,
0: and the one that's out at the moment is the thrilling adventures of an extremely boring boy. The yeah, The thrilling is...
1: Adventures of an Extremely Boring Boy and if uh, some, anyone listening wants to get a copy they can go onto my website ballinacrack.com oh. B-A-L-L-I-N-A-C-R-A-C-K dot com
3: Right um,
1: Because what's cool is though I have a few different versions on the website I have the first so I, I got 500 copies for myself to to sell direct and they're, they're on there I've sold about 320 so far so there's about 180 of those left. If anyone buys one of those, they are straight away put into a raffle to win a Nintendo Switch Lite. Um, so there's a bit of an incentive there. If anyone, any children, anyone listening to that has children, they would definitely be interested in that. Uh, but also, I have some special edition covers. I have one cover that is just has the words and doesn't have any of the illustrations on the cover. So that if you buy that one, the chil- your child, can draw their own cover on that one. I have another one that I call the Blackout cover, where it's all in black and white. It looks really cool. And I have a final one that will will be released, where it's um, Barry's swords. The main character, Barry, his swords on the cover. So I have three special edition covers, that there's only very, very limited numbers of those, less than 40.
0: So that would be a beautiful present to buy for somebody, especially around um, communion.
1: I'd be a bit biased, but I would definitely think so.
0: (laughs) I'm beginning to be a bit biased myself here now after listening to you. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> no, it, just, it seems like uh, an unusual, but I think the person that's getting the book has to um, be able to value what it is they've got, the uniqueness of it, rather than... I
1: do think it is a unique story because you, you're not going to find too many uh, fantasy, sci-fi adventure stories based in the midlands of Ireland.
0: Yeah, and it's not I'm in Cousin. I'm fairly certain of that. And it's not in Cousin. <laughs>
1: Well, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is in Coosin because Balan moves around. Um, Balan the Crack moves around.
0: Um, James, um, can we buy it in the shop as well? Or is it just through your it website? Will,
1: it will be coming. It, so you can buy it on those special edition, those kind of first first edition versions on my website. But you can also find it uh, anywhere online that you can buy books like on Amazon or places like that. And you can, you'll also be able to get it in libraries. And very soon it will be in shops as well. It's not in shops
0: yet, though. Okay, can you just give me your website again, or your? Um,
1: yes, alanacrack. B-
0: dot com. So, if you're looking to uh, purchase the book from uh, the author is James Han- Hannon uh, from Coosin in County Westmeath, and hello to everybody out there in Coosan. I've a lot of friends living out in that area out there. Um, you can get it through uh, James's website. James, can I thank you so much for coming on air and chatting to me, and I wish Thanks you well. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so me, much. Yeah, and will let me know when you have the next one uh, about to launch? or uh, yeah, Let definitely. me know when we'll have a chat on the radio again.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, James. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So that was James and his uh, uh, book. They, I, I've seen some of the covers uh, of the book, and they are very the um, the artwork by Fiona Moran is is amazing as well. And it's nice to know that there's different types of um, covers on on his books. So that's James Hannan and dot ie is where you will find him. I'm so sorry, <laughs> I'm so sorry, <laughs> Tanya. You were at fault here, Jim.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Tanya Ross is sitting here in the studio with me and um, we were chatting about, um, I'll tell our listeners, we were chatting about In the Midst of Plenty um, in Cree the musical that's going to start doing the rounds shortly in um, starting opening in Mullingar. And I was telling Tanya, as was uh, Seamus Duke, how powerful the musical is. It really is powerful. And about some of the props that are in the musical. Uh, One of them is... The names of the people who left the parish, I think it's the people who left the parish, their names are all embroidered onto a shawl that Bridget wears when she's leaving. Um, <clears throat> the Widow gilmartin Martin, um, that is Gráinne Hunt, but I don't know if you will be able to do the full show. <clears throat> um, she's not able to read or write, so again, Bridget can write. Uh, so Grosna Hunt of sings uh, Mercy which is her, her song to the landlord to have mercy on her she's not able to pay her rent and Bridget embroiders that in the bottom of her dress
3: oh, that's beautiful
0: it sounds that's gorgeous yeah. there's, there's loads of props it's just unbelievable I, and I say it time and time again and um, they need to have a museum for the costumes and the clothes and the props that are worn during this, um, this musical each of the women have a little flower embroidered in their dress or in their uh, apron a little different, flower free to them. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, there's a whole load of little things in it, but the story itself is very, 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 very uh, strong, and the cast is very strong. As was the Killing Drama. I was at the Killing Dramatic Society's play Sive uh, last week in Leonard, and oh, and I used to be on stage with them, but I couldn't be on stage with them now. Powerful, they did Saib. I've never seen Saib done so so well. It was just amazing. Anyway, Tonya, I didn't bring you in here to tell you all about my outings. <laughs> Um, Tonya Ross, um, cake designer, artist. Yes?
3: Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) This is true, I can tell you that because I know you can do art, I know you, I mean, some of your cakes. Tell us, how did you get involved in cake designing? Do
3: you know, I wish I had an interesting story, but it just kind of happened. You know, when your kids are small and you have birthday parties, and because they're small, kids who come to the parties, parents stay and I made cakes for my own kids I'd never done it before but I wanted to try and um, then people started say, oh who made the cake? And, uh, or oh, me, And would you make one for me? would you make one for me? and I was working full time so um, it started happening more and more and I was trying to what was just my little hobby became a bigger hobby and I was trying to juggle a full time job and what was becoming a full time hobby and I absolutely loved doing it, still do Um, and I wanted to do it full-time but you know what it's like, you have a family, you have a mortgage cash handcuffs, it's very hard to give up a full-time job Yes. Um, but then the recession took care of that for me and I was made redundant and while terrified of being redundant, I've never been unemployed in my life it was a chance to give it a go full-time and it was the best thing that ever happened to me now I can see that, I couldn't at the time but uh, I'm happier than I've ever been in my work. I, I, it's not work. It's I love it.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, again, it's a bit like what James was saying. As you're going through the process, you know that was, at the end you're going to be satisfied because of your skills.
3: Yeah, I think you're going through the... It's, it's like a... like a Journey. You know, it's like a bungee jump, you know? you You, you, you <laughs> take on the cake and you're all excited to do it. Then you sit down to do it and you're like... What was I thinking? How am I going to get this right? And then you start it, and you're like, this is really bad. And then you go a bit further, and you're like, ah, it might work after all. And then you go through another stage of, oh, I don't know what I was thinking. And it's like, oh, hang on, this is working. And then at the very end of it all, when you hand over the cake and you see the look on the person's face, everything was worth it. It's the best feeling ever. And it hasn't worn off. I still love that part. That's my favourite part.
0: Well, you remember the look on my
3: face. I do. (laughs)
0: You have made cakes for very famous people as well, and you've linked the cake to the person, we'll say. You've come up with something.
3: That yeah, so, sometimes the person ordering the cake guides you, they tell you what they want for that person, and like well, that's everybody, you know, like the, the celebrities, it's easy because you've probably heard of them, but some people will phone me, they want a special cake, and they'll say, oh, whatever you think. But it's not what I think, because even if you think you have no idea, you've already pictured what you want that person to have, because you know them. I don't. Yeah. So the more information I get, <clears throat> the easier it is to come up with a design that'll suit what they have in their heads, and that'll make that person smile, and let that person know how much thought was put into it.
0: Right. Well, let's, uh, I know this was, wasn't for one person, um, Molly Malone.
3: Oh, that was one of the most incredible experiences.
0: Now, listeners, can I just tell you, Molly Malone was life-size. Yep. Her wheelbarrow was wheelbarrow-size. Her fish in her wheelbarrow were fish-size. And the, the mussels cat,
3: and the clams. <laughs> and the cat was cat-size. Yeah. And it was all cake. It was all cake. Um, we did that to uh, as a showpiece for the Dublin Sugarcraft Show or the Irish sugar Craft Show, sorry. And uh, we did it to raise funds for the children's hospital. Um, So what we did was, it was myself and Karina Maguire, she has um, Lovin' from the Oven, she's based in Orinmore. So we actually, I did the barrow and everything on the barrow, and she did Molly Malone. But, like, obviously there's a logistics problem, so...
0: Yes, Molly can't walk up to Dublin on her own. Yeah,
3: and the barrel won't really get there on its own either. So when we got up there and we put the two of them together, they fit perfectly. It was just meant to be. And the raising funds part, we made a big wall around the thing and covered it um, or marked it out for bricks. And we were selling icing bricks that people could emboss their names or a message or whatever they wanted onto it. So they'd buy a brick. And we filled the whole wall. With bought bricks and all that money went to um, the children's hospital. I think we raised; it was seven thousand, I think. Wow! It was just ma am- It was just the most heartwarming experience. And at the end, on the last day of the show, we cut Molly to give the I'm cake. i was so
0: out. disappointed.
3: <laughs>
0: you were doing so well. Well, it was the skirt.
3: The top part we didn't cut, <laughs> but we cut up the skirt and we handed out. But when when we were going to cut it, everybody just kind of gathered around us, like everybody that was at the show. So we were working away, and then we looked up, and suddenly there was just a sea of faces. And this oh, this gorgeous, I, I was going to say old lady, but it was, she was older lady. She was, um, I don't know what her connection was, but Molly really caught her. She said, looking at her, she actually got a lump in her throat. And she started to sing Molly Malone, just off her own bat. And the whole crowd joined it. It was the, oh, it was just unbelievable it was so heartwarming and then everyone had cake so it was just it was beautiful the whole thing was just amazing
0: well listeners I'm telling you to look up uh, Tanya Ross T-A-N-Y-A yep Ross or uh, no it's um. yeah oh
3: it's Novel Tea Cakes yes. novel hyphen tea cakes Yeah.
0: yes novel hyphen tea cakes uh, and you'll be able to see Molly Malone and I don't know listeners if you remember seeing Santi sitting in his rocking chair on the Late Late Show uh, a couple of years ago
3: Tell us about Santi Tanya. Uh, well, that was. He came down the chimney, did he? <laughs> uh, no, not that one. <laughs> he was too big for the chimney. He was too big. Um, and he didn't have magical powers. <laughs> uh, that was um, a friend of mine, Maria uh, O'Connor. She's based down in Cork. And the two of us uh, were chosen to represent Ireland in uh, Orlando for the Global Cake Challenge, the live Global Cake Challenge, which we went over for and we won, thankfully. Um, so when we came back the Late Date show asked if we'd like to make a cake for their last um show of the year. Yes. Uh so we made together she came up um and over a weekend what well, was actually she made some parts, I made some parts, and we got together and over a weekend we finished Santa. Um he was life size, big belly, uh all cake belly. Yep. Um in a rocking chair. And then My studio was upstairs. Oh. And we didn't really think this whole like bringing down a rocking chair full of cake. (laughs) And Santi in it. And Santi in it. So it was a bit of maneuvering to get him over the banister. But we got him and we got him into the van. But the worst part was on the way up to Dublin, I I had to hire a van first of all because I don't know how I thought I was going to get it into a normal van. I had to get a bigger van, which was very, very kindly supplied um, by Sean White. I phoned him to ask him for dimensions of the van. sales. Yeah. I, I and he it. said to me, he asked what it was for, and I said a cake, and he was shocked because we need a big van for a cake. <laughs> um, he said it must I be I explained something. to him it was for a charity, and he was like, well, if it's for a charity, come on down and get a van. And he was so good to us. Um, but I had to stop at Apple Green on the way up to put fuel in. And because he was in a, in a rocking chair, we had to strap him to the the front of the van right so when i got up there i opened the door to make sure that he hadn't moved (laughs) but i didn't know there was a car full of kids next to me so i opened the door and there's santa strapped to the back of the van (laughs) i hope i didn't traumatize them (laughs) i can't imagine (laughs) but it was that was it was a cool experience you know um and we got to stay for the whole um
0: show Yeah,
3: yeah and see all the recording and that it's like i've seen so many things I would never have gotten the opportunity to see and, and it's been through Cake. It's amazing.
0: And I would say the same thing as a presenter of an arts programme. Uh, the same thing. I get to see so much and meet so many people who are interesting, things that I would never think of myself and, yeah. and
3: be involved. And, you know, there's a great um,
0: a great buzz and a great feeling to do That's that. That's it,
3: exactly, yeah. And you, like you say, you discover new things. Yeah. like Even, I mean, it doesn't have to be the celebrity, Cake. No. The, my everyday, my, my customers and sometimes, you know... You, some of them have been, I've done sort of from the wedding, then I've done the christenings and I've done birthday cakes and anniversary cakes and all for, you know, so you get close to them in a way. Um, and come, you learn so much about so many different things from them, because they're just... Become part of your family,
0: your community. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel the same. Uh, a lot of the artists would be part of my community, part of my family. Yeah. Um, because I just get... Because of chatting...
4: But that's
3: get, that's the whole thing, because like. Uh, same for you, you're often in here on your own I'm in the cake room a lot on my own Now the teaching satisfies the other side of me I love people, most people yeah. <laughs> um, but, And I get, I get that interaction then when I'm teaching But a lot of the time you're on your own So that's how you get, you know the, it, it stops you from going into yourself Because you still have that people contact at the end of the process
0: Yeah, It's yeah.
3: important because you, can get, you can't lose yourself in things
0: i agree with you you can um because 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 you're working alone yes you can lose yourself and and become that you don't particularly want to go out because you're quite happy with your own company but i think like you say your end process is you you make your cake and you have to go someplace with it yes and you're meeting the people and you're
3: part of somebody's celebration even if you're not there you played a part and they wedding cakes, you know that those are going to be in photos. That's a part of somebody's like big day. Journey. Forever. Yes. You know.
0: Yeah. So but it's what nice. Would be, what would be the favourite
3: cake that you made? Oh. I, nice. I, I, I seem to have a few favourites. I, I struggle. Trunky? Trunky? Yeah. Trunky. I loved Trunky because I'd never done anything like that. And that was... Uh, tell our listeners what Trunky was. So Trunky is a character in one of the Roald Dahl stories. The Trunky is the story. Um, Oh, I don't know how many years ago it was now. Anyway, uh, a lot. About 15. <laughs> I don't know if it was that long, but anyway, I, I can't be that old, really. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, Neve Garrity from Perfectionist Confectionist up in Dublin, she decided to do... Uh, there's a lot of online collaborations done for cake, but she wanted to do an in-person one. And at the same time, the Ark was celebrating Roald Dahl, and it just all came together. And I think there were about 30, maybe... Um, cake people were invited to make characters from Raoul Dahl stories and it was like kind of groundbreaking because it was actually physically on display and people could go into the exhibit um, uh, it was just we all did it and like that all the other people doing it are also on their own a lot while they're making stuff so we all got together, it was a great excuse cake people getting together is they make up for lost time you know Making but <laughs> uh, we expected it to have a fairly good reaction because Roald Dahl, you know, like everybody knows him. Every, 99% <clears throat> of people love him. But it, it uh, the arc is in Temple Bar and um, the, the queue to get in went down three blocks. It was unbelievable, the response. It was just amazing. And that was the first time we'd ever had a physical... Collaboration display. A friend of mine, Paul from Purple Feather, he made a life size Willy Wonka um, out of cake. There were just some of the characters were just unbelievable, and the the reaction to it, the kids, the, the the excitement, seeing their storybook characters. I think my favorite moment from that exhibition was a little boy had brought his book of Trunky, and he he had taken photos with Trunky, and he asked me to have a photo with him and Trunky and his book. It was just it was lovely. You get so much back.
0: You do get so much back. Yeah.
3: yeah. And have you another favourite? Um, I think my steampunk horse, probably. Yes. Um, for a few reasons. Because, one, it was, that was for the Cake International show in Birmingham. That's the biggest show in the world. Um, and... I had started doing something else. And you know when you start a project and you're just kind of really not feeling it? Not because you don't think it's going to work, but just because it doesn't excite you. And when you do competition cakes, you get to make what you'd like to make rather than what somebody else needs you to make. You know, like, so, yeah. um, and it was like I changed direction halfway through and then came up with a steampunk course, And um, because I had changed direction, then I started questioning myself, but I put it in anyway. And the reaction to him was just incredible. Like he—he he was on the uh, cover photo for ages, and I got gold for him. So obviously he was special. Um, but you get but gold uh,
0: for quite a lot of your cakes. I mean, and you, Yeah, but that was near the beginning. You know, yes, it is. You it's, are a world winning. Yes,
3: it's been very good. Cake
0: designer. Yeah. We don't have much time, Tanya. Um, one, you—you you do classes.
3: I do. I do. Um, I have a studio in moat that i do them in
0: okay so if we wanted to go to uh,
3: your class how would
0: we find out about your classes and
3: um, they always go up on my facebook page it's novel hyphen tea cakes just the letter t so they're always there under the events section now it has been uh, there haven't been a lot in since obviously covid, COVID. Uh, but it will it will pick up again and we do it for all different levels you know so there's if you're only starting out and you want to give it a try see if you like it there's that we do Cupcake classes for kids, cake classes for kids. Uh, when I say kids, it's 12 and up because of insurance, unfortunately. Um, and adult stuff as well. And then I, I teach, but I also uh, host teachers and bring them in that's for right different. You do. Yes, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if we wanted to um, follow you, it's Novel Tea
3: Cakes. Novel hyphen. Tea. Novel hyphen. Yeah. Tea. Yeah, tea. Yeah, that's on Facebook, and then on Instagram is Novel.T. All right. And on TikTok, it's novel.t as well.
0: Right. Tanya, can I thank you for coming in and joining me this afternoon? It's my absolute pleasure. Congratulations on all your winnings. I know you're heading to Scotland, is it?
3: Yes, we have a show in June, mid-June in Scotland. Yeah. I'll be keeping an eye out to see what you're... Yeah, if I can come up with an idea. Pick your brain when you're finished, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nearly caught me on the hop. I was sitting here chatting to Tanya about her um, award-winning... well-known people that she made cakes for.
3: Yes, I have been very lucky now, I have to say. Yeah. Most recently, I did uh, two cakes for Snoop Dogg uh, when he was playing up in the three arena. Um, that was kind of surreal. I think my kids thought I was a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I've done, I did Conor McGregor's cake. I did um, John Sheehan's cake. Yes. Uh, that was on the Ray Darcy show. It was for his birthday. Uh, that was Surreal. And his daughter sent me the most amazing photo of him holding... I did a, a violin cake for him, and she sent me a photo of him holding the violin, and that was just mind-blowing. Um, and I also did a cake for Bob Geldof on The Late Late Show. Was that
0: a book or something?
3: It was the. It was a stack of vinyls with the top on the Boomtown Rats yes. album cover. Yes, yes.
0: So. Yeah, you've done a few for
3: The Late Late Show, haven't you? Yeah, um, I've been like they had... Uh, Oh, I can't think of the lady's name. They did the thing where she had to, she's like known for not being able to cook, and they wanted me to half do three cakes and let her finish them off on the show. That was hysterical. But I found it really hard not to finish them and really hard to try and make it look like a home baker. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was that extreme.
0: Yeah, and um, usually people give you an idea of what it is they want, is that's just the way it works? Yeah,
3: yeah. So it's better that way because then you're going to get what you were hoping for, you know.
0: Well, Tanya, we're going to have to say bye-bye. But well, I've had a great time. Thank you very much. Well, hold on a minute, and you can listen to our next uh, next piece. It's uh, um, I'm learning how to do embroidery with um, Frances Crowe. Uh, it's an, a Baltimore festival thing. Every Friday, few of us meet, and she teaches how to do embroidery.
3: Okay, So yeah, that's patient. I've
0: done an interview with uh, some of the other uh, artists that were there, so I'm going to play that now, if that's Okay. okay. Ursula for the Arts Programme, Ross FM. Francis Crowe, welcome to the programme. Thank you, Ursula. What are we doing here today?
4: We're here in Roscommon Arts Centre with a group for the Bealtaine Festival and um, I applied for a slow art bursary through Roscommon County Council to run this little programme that we have here. So what we're doing is stitching, hand stitching onto vintage photographs. So the images are either family members or whatever all the participants bring in, they can then stitch on them, either directly onto the original photograph or print it onto a fabric-based backing.
0: And and it looks fantastic, so it is. I will put it up on Facebook.
4: Everybody enjoying one another's company, just spending time together being creative.
0: Absolutely. I think they're going to tell us that, so they are as well, because I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying it, Frances. I'm really settling in here. Such a relaxed, just a relaxed couple of hours to... um, have the banter and chat
4: Just to be together, and, and, and
0: we're still working work. away. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, we were along through this round the table. Francis, thanks so much, Francis Crowe, who is the facilitator, and I, anyone that knows Francis knows of her work. Amazing, amazing artist. Who have we got here? I'm
5: Catherine Turner. Oh, I'm sorry, um, listeners, you can't see, what I so can I see. Start... Well, yes. So I, I... Francis, copied me a picture of the suffragettes. So it's a photograph of them. They used to gather after they got out of prison from hunger strike and they would plant a tree for every person who had been on hunger strike. So I'm using embroidery to highlight the medals. So they're wearing suffragette prison medals. So I'm using my threads to highlight the, the medals and the trees. So these trees are now adult trees in an arboretum called Annie's Arboretum. So I find this photo really moving. Can I take a photograph of that yeah, as well? Absolutely. The photograph tells the story,
0: doesn't it? It does. How have you been enjoying this uh, gathering?
5: I've really loved it for so many reasons. I live in rural Roscommon and I'm very creative. And I found it fabulous to look at how other people are interpreting from the same materials as, as we're all using and everybody's done something so different. And just to be able to talk over these things and find out interesting <laughs> things that are going on from you... And other people. Yeah.
0: It's been yeah. fabulous. Would you like, uh, Francis, to facilitate another workshop like this? Absolutely.
5: Hello. Well, for me, it's been a total bargain as well. We have had our materials provided. We've had a cup of tea and a biscuit. And we've had these photographs copied onto fabric. It's been fabulous. Absolutely. And I can't wait to find out what, what we can do next.
0: We'll ask Francis to make another application. How about that? Brilliant. Catherine, thank you ever so much. Now, who are we here? Caroline. Oh, Caroline, Uh I'm sorry, listeners. When I say, oh, I look at the piece of art that's in front of us, the stitching that's in front of us, and, oh, Caroline.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a nice reaction to get. (laughs) Fabulous. What's your story? Um, This is a piece from, we'll say, old vintage photographs from family, and it is of my late grandmother and her children, and it was taken in knock on a box camera, so I'm basically stitching over the fabric I'd say it was early 70s so I'm kind of picking out the designs that were kind of back then and the colours so that's what I'm trying to do. That's beautiful can I take a picture yes, of that of before we go as well? Work away.
0: That's it's lovely. Would you like this?
4: Yeah because I'm learning so much and there's, uh, there's lots of these stitches that I had done in primary school but I'm, it's, 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 it's going now. back to me but also it's kind of, it's given an extra layer of texture to my own art practice Yeah, and it's you know, it, it's adding a little bit of extra interest to a piece.
0: And you're an artist yeah, yourself? Yeah,
4: I'm currently working in watercolour, and I intend to bring this forward, maybe use organza or and, you know, using sheer fabric and stitching additionally to the pieces.
0: And tell me, would you like this morning, Friday yeah, morning to continue?
4: as as it is, it's, it, it's a fun way to... And you meet people, and it's lovely for people to, to meet friends that are in the creative area... And can learn from others, and and I found practice. it very relaxing. Yeah. yeah, very, and the time flies. Yeah, time and then just the chat and
0: the banter, yeah. and learning and a cup of coffee and a cup of coffee <laughs> and everything. If something else you've started yeah, over there. Yeah,
4: this is in relation to. Um, I'm not quite sure what it is, but it's just a piece that can be contributed to a larger exhibition inspired by the men of Cavan in World War One, and this is only the start off of something, and I don't know where it's going to lead. It's going there to lead. Yeah. Thank
2: you so Thank much. You. Thank you, Kitty. Um, This is a photograph of my grandparents. Originally, I think the one of my grandmother was from the late Victorian era, Uh, but my grandfather's part part of the photograph was added on later, and he is much older, so the challenge is to to try and uh, make him look younger.
0: It's lovely to see the picture of your
2: grandparents. Yes. Yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, bea- You've done amazing work. But this will
0: here that you've done the work on your grandmother. Yeah, and her hair, her clothes. Yeah, I
2: looked into the, I looked on the internet and found that this is called the pompadour style. It involves lots of rolls of curls to the to the front of the of the face, and then uh, rolls going backwards.
0: Kitty, look at her blue
2: eyes. <laughs> well, I, I'm assuming she had blue eyes. But the,
0: she had, I mean, well, they're, they're
2: absolutely it just fabulous. A, just a black and white photograph. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely fabulous. But she was only 39 when she died. so.
0: Oh, uh, she died very young, did she? Didn't she, she?
2: Very, my mother was eight, I think, when she died. All right.
0: Kitty, would you like to be able to come back and spend a oh, I'd love to, yes. You've enjoyed your time here I as well. I have indeed. We'll make a, a petition. <laughs> <laughs> Will we make... Oh, yes. Oh, well, don't worry about mine. <laughs> don't worry about mine. We'll make a petition to see if we can get Francis to get more funding and that uh, we can have
2: another... That would be lovely.
0: Wouldn't too. it? What do we... I don't know what's happened there. Oh, um, um, yes, um, I was apologising for the fact that I wasn't doing my um, embroidery during the week. And um, I, I've started it this week. I've started doing my embroidery during the week so we can get back to... Um, so I can catch up so I can... Um, we have a little bit of time left and I'll tell you where what I see now here is Antinia launched it there last week and there's two or three launches coming up uh, Keira, um half the man and uh, we'll play that so we will uh, we'll play out with that so we will if you have any items that you think I should cover on the arts programme please let um, uh, Seamus Duke in Ross FM know let me know um, and you know, w- more than happy anything in the art world i'll be covering i'm more than happy to cover and um you can know, go into studio or i can go out and meet you or whatever and i was actually thinking for alzheimer's day if you have a poem or a song that you would like to write or sing or come in sing in studio uh, i'll be only too delighted to do something on the arts day around alzheimer's day um but i can't remember what date is coming up i think it's september but i could be wrong Just Google Alzheimer's Day and I was thinking maybe we'd do something on that. Talk to you next Wednesday. Take care. Be safe.